It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Well, happy motherfucking Friday. <laughs> I'm glad you started it off. <laughs> that's what I do every every Friday. That's what Simon and I say to each other. Happy motherfucking Friday. It can't just be Friday or hey, happy day. Nope, it's happy motherfucking Friday. That's what do it is. Do it up this weekend, everybody. You should go hard. Uh, Sunday is National Rum Day. If you're going to celebrate that, be careful because rum's one of those ones where you're going to start drinking like a, a pina colada or a daiquiri or a mojito or something like that. And then you wake up like six hours later, nude in a field somewhere. Mm-hmm. Be freaking careful with that stuff. And welcome to After 9. We had some really good text messages to our FM radio show this morning, 91.5 The Beat in Waterloo Region. If you want to check it out, it's available on the Radio Player Canada app. I believe it was Jason that texted because he heard After 9 yesterday and decided he wanted to try the move where you pee in the toilet from the shower. <laughs> I can't believe that you making that comment actually sparked someone's interest to give this a whirl. I can't you, believe it. Every person that has a penis and took a shower after hearing that podcast yesterday at least considered the logistics. Maybe they even measured from the shower to the toilet. And if you were one of the ballsy fuckers that tried, God, I love you. You're I amazing. Can't, I can't if you actually it. did it, bonus points. Wow. I, it's incredible, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. His wife as- walked in on him when he was doing it, and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? No, really? Yeah. That's hey, great. by the way, wives, that's rude. That's rude. <laughs> a little knock first would be uh, a courteous thing to do. Just a little knock, knock, Oh, knock. that's the courteous thing. That's the courteous thing. Not to piss from a shower to a toilet. Well, be- that, that's fine. Before you just walk into the bathroom, I mean, shit. Uh, Let's have a little, a little decorum here, you know? Right. You don't just walk in when he's taking a shower. He could be taking a piss at the same time. Like, come on. <laughs> Stop being rude. Have some respect. Have a little respect for your partner. He's trying to take a piss. This is a hard maneuver. Trying to piss from the shower to the toilet, and you're interrupting the concentration. And newsflash, you're probably going to be the one bitching that there's pee on the floor. So, ask yourself where you went wrong. Ah, to do that. Whole bunch of stuff I want to cover here in After 9. But we're going to make this a fairly short one, because it's the weekend, and we've all got shit to do. Sure. Number one, yesterday, Stephen Lecce, the education minister for Ontario, announced more funding for back to school. And I'm honestly starting to think he should just stop. Just stop, Steve. You're never going to make them happy. You're never going to make the other side happy. They will bitch no matter what. You can give them everything they want. And they will still find a reason to complain. And and before I tell you what the announcement was yesterday, um, yesterday, Ontario's four major teachers unions released a letter alleging the back-to-school plan violates occupational health and safety legislation. Mm -hmm. You know, I can think of some grocery store workers and fast food workers and so on and so forth that are like, seriously? Really? Because we've been doing this since day one. We never got any time off. I think there's some nurses and doctors that might have an objection to that complaint. Right. The fuck? Come on. So yesterday... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, are we really, are, is anybody really actually all that surprised that 
that's that's the case that there's that they're going to try to make that ar- that argument because it is publicly funded, right? Like we're talking. Seems like they don't want to work. Yeah, it, it really just seems like they want to stay home and teach on the computer and stuff like that. I, even if the government came out today and said, "Okay, fine, fifteen kids per class." Now we don't have the room for that anywhere. So you're going to be teaching classes outside. You're going to be teaching classes in. Uh, I don't know, the backs of Starbucks's. You're going to be doing all that shit because there's physically not enough room to put 15 kids per class. It, it just can't happen. We don't have the room for that. Or if we do have the room for that, then we're going back to that hybrid blend where kids are in school every other day or every third day. I mean, that's a worst case scenario because that will dramatically impact people's ability to go back to work. And we already know that if that happens, it will in particular affect women who more often than not are the primary caregiver and the one who would stay home. Right. So we're basically telling women, yeah, if you got kids, uh, sorry, you're fucked. Sorry, we can't do anything for you. Uh, We want to make sure there's 15 kids per class. I mean, I still personally believe that if you have 15 kids in a class or you have 30 kids in a class or you have five kids in a class, It doesn't matter. If the virus is there, it's going to be airborne. And that's just all there is to it. Mm -hmm. I get that it's a a tough ask to make young kids wear masks, but that's probably the best we could do. But I was looking for solutions here because yesterday the government announced two things. There's a $500 million contingency fund, a reserve fund, if you will, that different schools have got different plans for. Some of them are going to do upgrades. Yes. Some of them are going to do all kinds of different things. That's right. And every board is going to reach out individually about theirs. Right. So every board's got a reserve fund in their budget. And the, the education minister has said for this year only, if schools feel like they need to bring in more teachers because they have the room to distance people, if they have the ability to do that and they need to hire more, Fine. They can access that $500 million. On top of that, he allocated $50 million new funds just for schools that need to make purchases to upgrade HVAC systems and stuff like that. And again, you know, I thought this was good progress. And, and people have no imagination. There's some people who just want to complain anyway who are shitting all over this. Oh, well, that's great. How are they going to completely retrofit the furnace in, in three weeks? How are they going to do that? Well, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not an expert here. I don't know a whole lot about HVAC, but I did do a quick search on CanadianTire.ca, <laughs> and they have this neat thing here called the swordfish. And what it does is you basically drill a two-inch hole into the side of your furnace. You stick this in and, and turn it on. It's an UV ultraviolet light that kills viruses and bacteria and things like that as it goes through the furnace. So even if COVID droplets go in, they don't come out with enough force or enough oh, virus in it. If okay. they're not killed instantly, that'll do it. Now, part of the problem here is we have um, uh, those are the home units that they sell at Canadian Tire. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that they sell industrial units. I have to think Swordfish does. But maybe we should look into that because the home unit's $159. $159. We've got $50 million to spend and three weeks to get them installed. Well, this thing says you can install it in an hour. On top of that, we could, with $50 million, buy 312,500 of these little beauties. Mm -hmm. There's 15,000 schools in Canada. Not just Ontario, but that wouldn't make everybody happy. There'd still it be wouldn't problems. make everybody happy. There's, you know, like there's people. I need to wake up and realize there's no 
100%, this is a happy solution for everybody. All you can do is the best. And I know for teachers, they find it difficult because they need to go to work or some of them maybe want to go to work, but they're hesitant. And there might be a slight percentage of them who really do want to go to work. They're just nervous too. I think I'd be in that boat where... I'm excited to go to work. I want to go to work. This is what I love to do. However, obviously, I'm nervous. What if something happens? What if there's no break in my class? What if, what if, what if, what if? Nobody knows the answers to any of that. There's no 100% solid solution. But we got to do the best with whatever we're each given. And again, it is individual on each school board. I know some are going to stagger and this and that. Whatever they try to do to try to help out, great. But it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a shitty, weird school year. Right. And the quicker that we realize that, maybe the easier that'll be uh, for for teachers and parents alike. I, I don't know. I know there's different. I have a friend who's decided now she's just going to homeschool her kids, but understands like that's not everybody. That's not the way that everybody can do it. She can work from home. So it's a little different for her. Everybody's situation is different. We have to just do our best to respect everybody else's. And when it comes to the teachers, sure, I feel I do feel bad for those who are a little more hesitant, but. I feel bad for the ones who are legitimately concerned. Yes, legitimately concerned, absolutely, and nervous because, like I said, that would be I'd be in that boat, but I would go forward with it. Kind of like similar to if my kid had to go to school, I would send her, but I'm hesitant and I'm a little nervous about it. But I know that there's no perfect solution. There's no perfect, this is what's going to happen and everyone's happy. It's not fucking happening, so get over that. There's a lot of just no with no alternative. There's a lot of people who are like, well, no, no, we can't do the hybrid model. Because we need to go back to work. Okay, fine. They're not doing the hybrid model. Well, no, we can't do the current model because we can't have uh, uh, more than 15 kids in a class. Uh, okay, fine. We'll, we'll create more classes. Uh, well, you know, we, we can't do it without more money. Uh, okay, they, they gave you more money. Like, I, I really uh, – well, there, there will be a vaccine soon. Oh, no, I'm not giving my kid that. I mean, shit, where, do, it, where does it end? I don't even have kids in school anymore, and I'm sick of hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And there's parents who are just wrestling with this, trying to get the best information possible, and I I don't know how they're supposed to sift through all the shit, all the fighting. It's ridiculous, Kat. Yeah, I know. Just a mess. I know. A real mess. Do you blame Bianca Andreescu for pulling out of the U.S. Open? No, no. She's not ready. Girl's not ready. Girl's not ready. It's based on an injury, and unfortunately, because of COVID, I mean— COVID's to blame for a lot of things, but because of COVID, she wasn't able to properly train and strengthen and get her um, self up, back up to speed. So, yeah, I'm glad that she's not pushing ahead with it and going ahead with it because I'm sure she gets pressured to do so sometimes. It's a lot of money. I mean, she's the defending champ. She would get paid a huge amount just for showing up, whether she wins a match or not. And we know she's going to win at least the first few. Everybody does if you're at that caliber. So, I mean, she's leaving a lot of money on the table because she's making a decision for her own health. And good on her. She doesn't want to go to New York right now to compete in the U.S. Open. Okay, fine. Uh, She feels she's not ready. She can't fully train under these current conditions. I totally respect that decision. It sucks, though, because I really wanted to see a Canadian be a defending back-to-back champion at the U.S. Open. That would have been so good. But look, she's young. She's young. She's she's 20 years old. She still has a, a good career ahead of her as that superstar that we know that she is. And taking some time to make sure that you're at the proper strength so that you don't injure yourself to the point where you can't play, period, the end, is a smart move. Uh, the WE Charity, their executive director, was testifying yesterday in front of the House of Commons Finance Committee. This is about the scandal 
what is it, Dalal al-Wahidi is the name. And she pointed out a couple of things. Number one, she says, we has basically been decimated. They have been around for 25 years. But yesterday, they announced that 16 full-time employees are going to be laid off at their global headquarters, which they just strategically set up in Toronto. 51 employees working on fixed-term contracts will not have those contracts renewed. They're laying people off. Some people are getting fired. And just yesterday, they registered as a lobbyist organization. Yesterday. Okay, so what does that mean? So in order to lobby the government for whatever it is that you happen to want done, whether you're lobbying to have a law changed or to get a contract for yourself, whatever it is, you have to be a registered lobbyist. And that's so the government can keep track of who's pressuring the various ministers to do their bidding. We, until yesterday, when their executive director was going to get asked about it at the hearing, wasn't a registered lobby. They were all that time... Uh, talking about this we student services and volunteer but some people get paid kind of weird grant that they were getting paid 43 and a half million dollars for they got the contract sole sourced they weren't even registered as lobbyists until yesterday crazy i also can't believe that it took until yesterday for that to come up i'm shocked that mm-hmm. nobody asked about that sooner weird if they were going to register, I mean, save the money and, and maybe you shouldn't fire those 16 people plus the rest that are on contracts. But either way, uh, we now, everybody, is a registered lobby. The other thing that came out of yesterday is no one can seem to figure out if we repaid the $43.5 million that they owe us because they didn't deliver the program. They said they would pay it back, but it doesn't seem like anybody knows where that $43.5 million actually is. Hmm. How do you give money to the government, by the way? Do you just stroke a check? Do you write like to payable to Canada? Great question. I do. Yeah, is it in, in in chunks or is it just like one lump sum? Here you go. So know. strange. I, I don't even know how you would do that. I mean, if I owed the government money, I, I think I make a check payable to the receiver general. That's usually what I do around tax time, and I just send a check to. Uh, I think it's usually Summerside PEI CRA. I don't know what you do when you're just repaying money that you were given as a handout. I, I'm really not sure how you do that. But Craig and Mark. You're great for registering as a lobbyist the day your executive director was supposed to testify about it. But if you don't mind, we'd like our money back. Um, Can we talk about a couple of dumb criminals? Sure. Niagara police have charged two people who were trying to cross the closed border into the United States. And they tried to do that in a car that had drugs and a loaded gun in it. These might be the dumbest people in Ontario. Wait a minute. You're telling me there's people who willingly got into their car with drugs and guns and tried to cross a border which is currently closed. Yep. And thought, I might be able to get away with this. They thought they might be able to get away with it. Um, Anybody who has tried to cross the border right now, they turn more people away than they let in. Yeah. Because there's people trying to cross and they think their situation is a an emergency or whatever, and customs in the U.S. disagrees. So they'll just turn you right around, and they have the power. The individual at that little guard booth there, when you try and cross over the bridge, can make that determination that, nope, what you're coming in for isn't urgent, you're not essential, get out. And they'll just turn you around and send you back to Canada. So these idiots thought that whatever excuse they gave would be good enough to get them into the U.S. without getting searched. Uh Uh-uh. The man and woman, he's from London, she is from Stratford, 
tried to cross the Peace Bridge into Buffalo when they got flagged for further investigation. Border officers did a little search and figured out he was wanted on an outstanding warrant. He had a warrant, too. Not even just the drugs and the weapons. There's a warrant? A warrant out for his arrest, and he went to a place where he had to have known they were going to run his ID. What? That's crazy. Were they on something at the time? Tell me they were on something, so at least some of this makes a little bit of sense. You know, I'm thumbing through the charges here, and I don't see anything related to that. Uh, There's 14 of them total. Unauthorized possession of a prohibited firearm, uh, importation of a firearm, possession of a firearm in a vehicle, restricted firearm, uh, possession of a substance one, or possession of a schedule one substance, cocaine, possession of a substance one, sorry, schedule one substance, but no crystal meth. Are you kidding? You had cocaine, crystal meth in the car and a gun that was loaded and you had a warrant and tried to cross a closed border. That's beyond stupid. That's like that. that I, I, that's un, that's unreal. If you get hurt at work, you're entitled to compensation. Workers comp is what you get if you get hurt on the job, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as long as you're doing your job, yeah. 47-year-old named Michael Bowker worked as an office manager for Family Voice Australia. That's a conservative Christian organization. Hmm. Turns out back in 2016, this guy was watching a lot of porn at work. April of that year, he had a stroke at the office. That's Wait, not me making a pun, by the way. That was not a pun. It wasn't like a... <laughs> uh, uh, uh. He, had a he had more than one stroke. Listen, wait a minute. So he's working at this agency, this Christian agency, and he's and he's watching porn while he's working. I yep. don't understand. I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah, why would you do that at work? Like, are you going to are you going to jerk off at work? Like at your desk? Who's doing that? Uh. You're an animal. So this guy had a stroke. He was hospitalized for three months during his recovery. Now, the company, again, a conservative Christian organization, didn't feel he was entitled to workers' compensation for many reasons. But the guy wanted it. And that's why they were in front of the employment board earlier this week. Michael argued that the company created such a stressful environment It drove him towards porn. No. And that contributed to his stroke. No. Yep. Can you imagine looking dead eye in the face of your boss being like, you know what? You're such a prick that I had to watch porn like nonstop to relieve the stress. (laughs) I just jerked it five times because I'm so stressed out right now. (laughs) Seriously. There's no. Okay. So there's no way this held up in court. You'd like to know what the employment board said. Yeah, the the board. The board couldn't have... Nobody buys this, right? Yeah, the board agreed and ordered Family Voice Australia to pay him two years worth of workers' comp. Okay, but he must have had to prove something, like to show how stressful the job was. And even then, that's seriously seriously an excuse? I believe it all comes down to the fact that, yeah, it uh, did happen at work. And whatever did caused that stroke it happened at work and so they think the company should have to compensate him that's insane do you know how many people are gonna hear that story and go jerk off 
just a tr- just ferociously in the hopes of like getting a real aggressive like, masturbation. Not, you know, not to death, but what's just like a good in between ferocious go? Like beat it like it owes you money. Like, go ahead. What's the? I'm sh- I like he must have had to prove that this job really truly was super stressful at the least though that that that's at the least. But at, I there's a lot of different ways to release stress. Um, it, 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 right. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the dude could have bought a stress ball or decided that he was going to take walks, you know, to relieve his his stress and his anxiety and worries. He didn't have to jerk it. No. You know what? That's words to live by, Kat. You raise an interesting point. Do you actually need to jerk it? Like, maybe you're feeling a little randy right now. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, eh, I think I'll throw on some porn and rub one out. Do you need to? Do you actually need to right now? Well, to or le- can you wait? <laughs> to relieve stress, I understand it's one of the things that does. But when you're at work, can't you find other things? Please, There's find other things. Go, go YouTube some videos of some sweet puppies and play some classical music or something. There's other ways, and sure, it's not as fun. I get it. It's not the same result, but... There's other things. I'm I'm surprised the board went the board was okay with this. There's got to be more to this in my mind. Like I feel like nobody likes this particular company or something's up. A survey found the top benefit of having a pet during lockdown was that it relieved feelings of loneliness and anxiousness. No, oh, the guy should have got a fucking dog. Then he wouldn't have jerked it so much. And it got us more exercise, but the jerking is a pretty good workout if you've ever done it. Um have a little uh have a few drinks first it'll take a while 41 percent said it's because it gives the dog or gives you someone to talk to and here's the thing during lockdown 41 percent of us had actual conversations with our pets Mm -hmm. and i don't mean like a bird or something that'll talk back to you i mean like sit and have a conversation with the cat or dog like uh uh your dog's name is leo like leo Fucking Trudeau didn't recuse himself. This is crazy. (laughs) Can you believe it? Have you ever been caught talking to your animal? Yeah. Because actually, it's weird because I talk to my dog when we're on walks and and we'll be just walking away and I'll be like, hey, cool. It's a nice day. That sort of shit. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just because I feel like we have a good chemistry, a good relationship. Other people might think that looks a little strange. I, uh, I'm relatively new to my neighborhood, moved in in the fall, or late fall, I guess, early uh, winter. So I am still getting to know them, but I know them quite well. And I was outside in the backyard with Leo, and this wasn't even, this isn't even a quarantine thing. This is an everyday cat thing. So I let Leo out for a pee in the backyard, and I decide to do some things around the backyard as I'm doing it. And I say, you know, the usual things I say, Leo, are you going to go for a pee or you don't have to go? I could have sworn you probably had to go. You haven't peed in a little while, eh? Okay, well, you don't have to pee. That's fine. You want to lay in the sun? No problem. The entire, well, you're having a full-blown conversation. The entire fucking time I'm talking, my neighbor was up on the pat on the balcony, like, and he could probably hear me talking and seeing that I was talking to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned. I was like, "Oh, hey, hey, Tim, it, how's it going?" Wouldn't and, it be terrible if Tim didn't see Leo and thought you were talking to your husband? Oh, don't you have to go pee? I thought you had to go pee. Why don't you just go pee? Come on, go pee. I swear you would have to go pee. You haven't peed for a few hours, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. And I'm just kind of doing my thing in the backyard. Like, you're not going to go pee? No prob, bud. No prob, bud. That's all right. You'll go pee later. Like, what the fuck, cat? Like, get, keep it to yourself in public. It's bad. He probably thinks I'm nuts. Um, let's see here. 
<laughs> one more thing and then we'll wrap her up for the weekend. They asked people what they'd be willing to give up in exchange for never having to pay taxes again. And depending on what part of the country you're listening to us from, you pay different amounts of taxes. And if you're listening to us from America, you better sit down because you're about to find out how much we pay in taxes and it's fucking gross. Yeah. We, we have uh, all the tax that comes off of our paychecks. Then we pay our property taxes. Then we pay 13% on every single thing we buy on top of that. And then there's the excise tax on the gas and on the smokes. And there's just taxes on taxes on taxes in this country. It's crazy how much we pay. But free health care. But we get the free health care. Uh, even at that. Uh, that's a topic for another day. Sure. I want to talk about my idea for health care one of these days. Tommy Douglas would not be happy. But anyway, we'll come back to that another time. In order to not pay any of those taxes, no more CPP, no more EI, none of that shit ever again. No HST, no excise tax, no income tax. That's a lot of money. Like, that really adds up. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you're talking about a lot of dough. In order to never pay those taxes again, would you be willing to give up watching sports? Yes or no? Yeah. 43% say they could give up sports forever to never pay taxes again. Video games, I think that's an easy one. Yeah. 40%. Really? Only 40% would give up video games forever to never pay taxes again? Some people really like their video games. It gets a little trickier now. Alcohol. Ooh, that is tricky. That is tricky. I feel like that's so much money, though. Uh, I don't have to give up pot, though. So, yeah, I might take that. Okay. 37% 37% would be willing to give up alcohol okay. forever All right. to never pay taxes again. Would that be something you'd do? <sighs> well, as you quite correctly pointed out, there's still pot, and that's good. I actually drink a lot less since I discovered pot. So, yeah, you know, I would take that deal because it, it it's just outrageous how much money. we pay. Yeah. TV. Mm, that's, a, that's actually kind of a... TV, are you, like, not all forms of media, though? Are we talking movies still or, like, anything on television or televised? Blanket term. Would you give up TV? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Only 12% said they'd give up TV forever to never pay taxes again. Your phone. Ah, no. No? No, I wouldn't give up my phone. No. 6%. Only six. That means 94% of people would rather pay all the money we pay in taxes than give up their phone. Yeah. Interesting. Last one. Your best friend. You'll never pay taxes again, but you got to phone your besties, your inner circle, and say, we're done. Forget my number. I can't (gasps) hear from you ever again. No, I can't do that. Stop it. I can't do that. You've made your memories. You have already no. peaked. You're on the way down. Made your memories. No. You'll Wait. always have the memories. You just won't have all the mundane chit-chat no. and girls' nights. No, no. I've my my circle I've known since I was in kindergarten. Like they're like when I say we're close, we're we're, we're as close as it gets. All all of our kids are around the same age. They know everything about me. They like they're my ride or die. I wouldn't I wouldn't give that up. No. Only 5% 
would say goodbye forever to their best friends to never pay taxes again. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a shitty person or maybe I'm incredibly practical. But you bet your ass I'd say goodbye to all those fuckers. <laughs> you dump them fast or what? You know what? I, I'd phone them. I, I'd call uh, call Mike right now or, or Tyson or Dave or whomever. I'd phone them and say, listen, we had a good run, but we're talking about a lot of fucking money here. And that's it. We're just going to call her a day, and I wish you the best. And Aww. and you know what? You take the deal, too. You cut me off, and you'll never pay taxes again, and you're set for life as well. Done deal. So End what of if story. They, what if you found out they wouldn't have taken that deal? Don't you feel like a piece of shit? I am a piece of shit. It's fine. <laughs> they kind of are friends with you knowing that. so they, And they accept that, yeah, and that's yeah. why I love them. Right. Love them. <laughs> but I would cut them loose so quick, Cat. You watch me move. You watch we are off on monday everybody so there will not be an after nine on monday you're welcome to go back and listen to the archives i I think we're uh just over 300 episodes of after nine my advice to you go back and listen to season one those were the beginnings of the after nine podcast at the old station and then we evolved into season two is the current station and season three is all pandemic shit so uh, go back to the archives if you need something to listen to if not we'll catch you back here with another new edition on tuesday have Bye-bye. a great weekend Bye-bye. hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital and andy left his two-year-old at the rink all right guys i'm sure we're not alone like andy's kid for stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.